Hi guys, this is your host Ola and welcome to the All Things Money podcast where I'm here to discuss all things money from budgeting, saving, investing and everything else in between. Since the pandemic, I know so many people who have managed to successfully start up their very own businesses, which has been amazing to see. I also know that there are so many of you guys who would also like to set up your own businesses in the future, but are not quite sure where to start. So because of this, I'm joined with Richard from Goodman Derrick to cover the different things you need to consider before starting up your own business. Hi, Richard. How are you doing today? Yeah, good. Good. Thank you. And thanks for inviting me on. You're welcome. How are you doing? Yeah, good, good. We've got we had a bit of snow this morning and a bit of sun mm-hmm. now, so it's been yeah. a bit of a funny day so far. <laughs> Literally, we've had a bit of rain and then we've now had a bit of sun. But this is the UK, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. So please introduce yourself to everyone listening. Yeah, I'm a corporate partner at uh, Goodman Derrick, which is a, a law firm based in the in the city of London. I specialise in advising companies r- right from startup all the way through their life cycle, so through their growth and funding rounds, and then and then all the way through to, to exits, hopefully, or, or listings, and and all the way through. So good gives a range of experience and range of issues that that crop up on a daily basis. Brilliant. Well, like I said in the introduction, I feel like there's so many people that want to set up their own businesses, and I feel like when it comes to setting up a business, some people assume because they haven't got a business management degree well some people think because they haven't got a business management degree they don't know where to start can they even start one they think they're rubbish at math so that's a hindrance but I feel like that's not actually the case and I think it's really important to kind of delve into you know different business structures and how people can kind of navigate the whole world of business I mean I did business management degree but I know loads of other people didn't so Richard let's start with the basics so before starting up a business what are the different business structures that exist within the UK would you please be able to explain the different types yeah, of course. I mean, at its sort of very simple level, there's there's three main categories. There's there's either a sole trader, which is you just trading on your own through your own name. You to have your have your own business that, that you carry on and, and you operate it. There's also a partnership, which people might be familiar with. That's when two people join together and and run a business, set up a business, and, and operate it. And and that can be very formal, very informal. And then there's the, the most common structure for, for businesses which is the, which is the limited company which is you know as I say the, the one that, that people will be most familiar with where you have separate shareholders and, and a separate board or, or can be the same people but the board run the day-to-day operations uh, of a company and, and sort of within each of those three main categories there are sort of can be different subsets. So for example, a partnership can be a what used to be called an old-fashioned general partnership, which was is in effect two people getting together and running a business. And, and that they're, they're less common now as you each take on the liabilities of your partner. So they, the other option for a partnership or the other common option is a limited liability partnership, which is when you incorporate and have a have a separate, separate legal entity. How, how we describe it. So, so it can get more complicated and, and yeah. there are different types of companies as well. So those are, the, those are the three main categories. Brilliant. So obviously, like you said, there's three main categories, sole trader, partnerships, and then you've got limited companies. So I currently mm-hmm. operate as a sole trader, but I know a few of my other friends have their own businesses and they're set up as limited companies. So just so people have like a good understanding, how do each of the three different structures work? Yeah, so as we touched upon, a sole trader, as you say, is, is you trading in your own name. You have a business name. You might have registered names. You might have creating stuff or, or selling yeah. stuff, and and that that's in effect. It's very simple. It, it's you doing your business. Um, there's no separate legal entity. So so the the main point to note in relation to that is that, that any liabilities that accrue will be your personal liabilities. So it's mm-hmm. in, in effect a bit like giving a 
personal guarantee for everything that the business does. And for that reason, it's good for sort of low risk businesses that, you know, you're not, you're not taking massive flyers of your house, for example, yeah. on the, on the line. So, and, and that's where you know, it can be, it's, it's very simple to run and it's easy and, and it's, in, and you have to do a tax return for the, the business, but it, it's quite simple with a, with a partnership. As I mentioned, there's there's two of you involved, so which can be good because that then that you can lean on each other and provide support and advice to each other. Yeah. But you both tend to be actively involved in in running the business on a day to day basis, and you might div- divide that between you. But you're all very much involved. Profits from the partnership tend to be distributed out to you at the end of the year or, or through the year as they arise. And then a private limited company, as I mentioned, that that's the most common form of, of company. And that's where you have separate shareholders and separate directors who run the, the business day to day. And directors, of course, can be shareholders and vice versa. But the advantage of that is you can get parties to invest into the company who may not be necessarily involved in the day-to-day management or may not want to be involved in the day-to-day management. And the, the big advantage of it is that all liabilities are kept within the company. Yeah. So, so there any debts or anything that accrue, they're ring-fenced within that company. Brilliant. That's a really great breakdown of all the three different types of business structures. Thank you so much, Richard. So I guess you kind of touched on some of the positives of having a private limited company, but would you say there are any other positives and negatives to each of the different structures? I mean, it, it it very much depends on on what the business is doing, and it's all and it's almost you almost want to start at the end yeah. and, and say <laughs> what am I trying to achieve from this business? Where can I see it going? If you, if you're setting up a business from you know that you think might need some funding or may you know or you want to you know, sell in two or three years time on a very short time scale, or, yeah. or you may want to grow organically, then it sort of it depends. And those are the sorts of drivers that that lead into the choice of business structure. Yeah. that are available. The, the, the other key one, obviously, is tax. So it's worth having a chat with an accountant just early doors to see what's the most tax efficient way of, of if, if you think it's going to be a business that generates a lot of cash very quickly, mm-hmm. then, then you may want a different structure from one that may need a lot of investment before it reaches profitability. Brilliant. That's really good that you said that about tax, because I think that's one of the main reasons why I went down the sole trader route at the moment because for me it was more tax efficient to go down the route of being a sole trader but again if you are a business that generates a lot more money then you may want to go down the private living company route so yeah so that's definitely one thing to consider also like you said liability so obviously with me being a sole trader I am liable for all my assets and all my debts and then obviously it's slightly different when you're a private limited company like Richard said you're kind of ring fenced with debts being well the responsibility of the company so that's definitely something to consider if you're looking to kind of set up your own business like what you said as well it's kind of like where do you want the business to end up like how do you see the business growing do you want it just to be this one-man band the whole time do you want to have a whole board of directors so yeah there's loads of things to consider isn't there yeah absolutely and I think it's worth noting that I've sort of said advantages and disadvantages for you know certainly between the private company or the or the partnership but there are always ways that you can if, if for example you want support in a private company environment as you say it's you there, there are always people who are willing to give that advice and yeah. non-executive directors and and there's there's a load of help out there so it doesn't mean that you know you're, you're on your own it's um it, there's there's lots of different ways that you, you can get around it and, and, and of course you know as mentioned in relation to partnerships that profits tend to get distributed that is also an option for mm-hmm. private companies you have to have a few more a little bit more regard to the working capital and, and the cash requirements of the of the company to make sure you're not paying yourself and, and not paying your creditors and and that's where the, the Lord can protect creditors to make sure that you're running the business in a in a proper fashion so that there, there's a, lots of overlapping concepts in relation to the different structures available 
Yeah, no, there really is. So yeah, please guys bear that in mind. But say if I now have an idea, business idea, let's say, well, actually, I'm not going to say an example. There's so many <laughs> examples out there. Honestly, like my mind give is it, blown. Give, <laughs> give me your unicorn idea. <laughs> well, I was say like a candle making business, I don't know, or like a CD seller. I don't know. There's so many things that people are doing now, especially side hustles are so popular, which I love to see. But how should people go about choosing the right business structure for them? So how would they make this informed decision? The first thing is, is to get advice. I mean, there's, there's loads of free advice just on a Google search, yeah. which you can do. I think that's probably the starting point. Just, just go out there, inform yourself. You prob- probably form a pretty good view based on that. And then I think it is always worth having a chat with, a, with an accountant first up just to make sure that, that the tax position is, uh, is you're, you're, you're not going to harm yourself. It's very easy to get that wrong at the outset. And then yeah. it's, it's much harder to, to rectify it later. So I think that those are the first two key things to bear in mind brilliant and like you said you touched on the tax and speaking to an accountant and one of the things I did when I set up all things money was that I joined a Facebook group and they had loads of different tax accountants uh, like in the group and I was able to ask a few of them like you know I'm setting up a business should I set up as a private limited company should I set up as a sole trader and a lot of them kind of gave me like literally a couple of messages being like well what's your income are you working full-time and at the time I was so they were like tax efficiently you're probably best going down the sole trader route which is why I decided to make this decision but yeah like Richard said there's so much you can find on Google now with like you know type that question in what you want to kind of look for so you know is it partnership especially if you've got a business partner and then also you know if you want to go down the private limited company route that's something you should kind of look into as well it's worth mentioning also that there's so there are things, things sort of like accelerators that are available that provide communities and support for startup businesses that provide an environment where you can have a, a good dialogue with people who've been yeah. through the same process with you you know and they, they know the, the pitfalls and they know they know where they tripped up so it's yeah. that that's also a good thing to, to bear in mind it's just having that sort of community and, and quite often you can be in, in a shared working space which which can work quite well in that sort of environment where you get quite a good buzzy feel to to what you're doing and, it, and, and the excitement builds from there exactly that do you have any recommended places where people can look for those kind of communities Again, uh, first step, have a look. You see that online, see, see which is the most appropriate for, for the business that you're yeah. setting up. You, you get different focuses on, in different areas. So it's, it's, it's one of those things which, as you say, if you're setting up your, your candle business, it's, it's slightly different from your CD business. So, it's, yeah. so all, these, all these things you know, feed into it and, and some will be better for, for others. So yeah. without, you know, without sort of knowing a sector, it's difficult to give a specific recommendation, mm-hmm. but, but yeah. there's, there's certainly lots of different opportunities around there. Yeah, definitely. And to be fair, Facebook was my go to. I feel like some people overlook Facebook now. I think this is an old retro social media site. (laughs) But honestly, Facebook was like my huge help. Like you can literally find a group for anything. So you've got like tax accountants, you've got people setting up their own businesses or, you know, like you said, Richard, people sharing their pitfalls and, you know, their um, positivities and their tips as well. So, yeah, definitely check out Facebook, guys, as well. If you are not sure about what you, you know, what you want to do and how you can go about finding the right information, I feel like there's also so much in Google that, you know, sometimes you just want someone to point you in the right direction. And there's so many Facebook groups that will be able to help you do that. So if someone has tuned in today, Richard, and would like to go about setting up their business, how can people go about legally registering it? Legally registering a business or incorporating a company is in the UK, luckily, extremely easy. It can be done very quickly and and very cheaply. You you go onto um, a website, which Companies House is the government body that's responsible for registering all corporate entities and there's a there's a register on there so you can search for 
for any company that, that's registered in any director of any company. And it's simply a matter of, of filling in the details online. And I think the fee is £12 at the moment if you do it online. And you can get a very simple company very quickly on the same day. If you want a slightly more bespoke service, then you're talking a few hundred pounds. But again, it's in, in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's pretty cheap and, and pretty quick. Well, we sort of mentioned Companies House. It is worth mentioning that companies are required to file information at Companies House once they've been incorporated to keep themselves up to date. And that includes annual accounts. So I, I suppose that we probably should have mentioned that in yeah. discussing and is it. Is that with private limited companies or with sole traders? That's with private companies, not sole traders, but an incorporated partnership. So a limited liability partnership also has to file accounts. Um, so that, that's something to bear in mind. And, and also other, other sort of certain triggers require you to make a, a filing, such as allotting shares or, or changing a director and, and those sorts of things. There are certain different things where you have to make not, notify companies house. Yeah, no, thank you for that, because I feel like with private limited companies, there's obviously a lot more responsibility that goes into it. Like you said, filing accounts, you know, being responsible for the shareholders. So there's a lot to consider when setting up a private limited company. So if you are going to go down that route, that probably isn't a decision you should make lightly. I think you should definitely seek advice before going down that route. Whereas I feel like a sole trader is probably like, probably less intense, would you say, Richard? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the beauty of a sole trader is you, you can literally wake up one morning with your with your great idea and, yeah. and start doing it that's the, that was me that, yeah, exactly exactly and, and it works and you can you're immediately focused on 100 percent on um on on the business and and growing it and gaining clients or customers and and that 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 is you know the real advantage of it that you can crack on and is you know with, with it cuts out a little bit of the compliance that's required and the formality that's required where you, yeah. where you have an incorporated company yeah, no, exactly that. Thank you for sharing that, Richard, because I feel like that was probably another reason why I decided to go down the sole, sole trader route. Um, and also all the other finances associated with being a private limited company, that's something you'd also need to bear in mind. And you probably will need an accountant for that. Whereas I feel like sole traders, something you can manage most of it yourself. But yeah, so again, that's another consideration. Yeah, absolutely. And as I said, you if you if you incorporated a company, you will need an accountant at the very least to, to prepare those annual accounts that, that, that need to be filed and, and deal with your correspondence with with the tax man as well oh, all those fun things <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant and so if you know people are looking to pick either of these three different routes is there any formal legalities that they should also consider and um, before picking one of these three routes no, I mean that it's you know as, as I mentioned that the UK is a pretty good place to to start a company. Some it's, um, it's easier if you if you incorporate your company, you'll get a letter from HMRC saying don't forget to register with us, and you'll have to pay your corporation tax in the in a, you know about a year. So it, it, once you're sort of in that, those formalities tend to follow. It, it's just it's just I guess mostly a matter of making sure that you you deal with them and and, and don't bury your head in the sand about these things because. You know, accounts, you'll, you'll get a reminder from company's house, but you may not then, that's not quite the moment to then go and, uh, go and talk to your accountant and say, quick, I need to do, I need to do my accounts because they'll, they'll need a load of information from you yeah. and what's happened over the past year. So it's, it's, it's trying to keep on top of those things right at the outset. No, brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing that. So thank you so much for all the information you shared in today's episode, Richard. But before we wrap up, what would be your top tips for those considering starting their very own business? 
Yeah, well, this is where I'm going to come over all all boring and loyally. <laughs> there, there, there are a few there are a few points. I mean, that it's 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 difficult. It's when you're starting up a company or or a business, it's exciting and and you mm-hmm. really need to and, and should be focusing on growing that business and gaining customers and and contacts and and developing the product or the business or, or whatever it is. But there's a there's just a few things that that really make a difference to. Well, to the valuation down the line of the business and can really harm the valuation if you don't get sorted at the outset. And they're very, very easy to get right at the outset and can be quite difficult and expensive to, to rectify yeah. late, later on. Um, so, so the sorts of things I'm thinking about is making sure that the right person owns the shares in the right proportions. Let's say that's easily done you know, at the outset when the company isn't worth very much. But once you have to transfer shares between shareholders or, or 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 somehow get rid of shares once they shouldn't own them once the company's worth something that becomes harder as i when we're talking about sort of equity holdings or shareholdings make sure that if you do give up equity to to incentivize someone or maybe to a contractor who who's bashing your door down and will accept equity make sure there's a way of getting that equity back if if it's an employee for example who who leaves that you know that can be very difficult and they're in a very strong bargaining position to, to get those shares back off them if, if that's what you think you've agreed. So documenting that properly right at the outset is key. Another one that is you think is re- really obvious, but we constantly come across when we're dealing with funding rounds or, or exits is that make sure that the assets of the business are all held by the by the entity that operates the business or the, or the company, especially in relation to IP. And if anyone's creating IP, you want a written agreement with them saying mm-hmm. that IP belongs to the company. Okay. And and this comes up all the time yeah. is that that some an employee might have created the company or a contractor might have created the company, and just as you think you're you've had your you're about to have your big payday, sell your business, you've had years and years of hard work, mm-hmm. and and you don't want to get to the point where you've got to run off to an employee from several years ago or a contractor, and they say, oh, this is worth something now, I'm going to charge you some some more money yeah. to get it get it where it needs to be. So that that's a common one. I guess the insurance provisions is is. One to, to bear in mind, make sure you've got adequate cover for, for whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. And then your employees or if, if you know, when, once you get to the point of having employees, make sure you've got written, written agreements in place and, and think about things like restrictive covenants so that they can't run off with all your clients. You know, if, 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 if they leave those sorts of things, you know, notwithstanding the fact that it's a, a requirement to have terms of their employment written down. So make, making sure you're complying. And then I think, well, last but not least, some sort of agreement with your with your key customers and, and any key suppliers. Make sure that they're written, you know, written down, and you know what terms they're operating on, and, and hopefully you've got them on on good good terms and good and good deals that that, that last a long time to bring in your recurring revenue. Ah, oh, those were such good tips. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing them. And I feel like. especially when it comes to IP that's really really important one I feel like intellectual property guys if you don't know that that's basically the protection of like like trademarking it's the idea it's the or if it's if it's a tech if it's a tech (laughs) business it's the software and and Mm -hmm. or or whatever it is it's the idea behind the business and and making sure you have that so yeah intellectual property as you say yeah so that's really important also I'm glad you've touched on it insurance and contracts so I'm currently in the press I've been quite naughty I haven't actually set up a any insurance at the moment but I am in the process of doing so but it is really important especially if you're maybe working outside or you're working with um, equipment where there's like like you need public liability insurance or you know if you need 
indemnity there's all sorts isn't there with that yeah employer employers liability if you've got any employees you 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 know it's a requirement that you have that and and, and as you say public liability is quite often a requirement depending on what activities you're doing so as you say pretty pretty key because it 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 protects the business yeah exactly that so i'll leave some links for some recommended business insurers in the podcast description because i know that'll be really handy for a few people and then also when it comes to drawing up contracts that's another one that i have severely learned the importance of especially early on i've heard like all these horror stories that you know someone didn't work something in the contract which meant they then didn't get paid or you know someone took an idea or you know there's been so much that's can that can happen without a contract so I'm really glad you touched on that how can people go about drawing up their own contracts I mean it's depending on the nature of it It, if it's a simple terms and conditions you know there there are things out there that you can see or or speak to a lawyer and, and and see what what they can put in place for you yeah yeah, brilliant. Uh, to be fair, I got mine from like a Google template and it's worked a treat so far. So um, far. <laughs> yeah, so far. But hopefully one day I might, you know, I might actually need to go down the lawyer route. But hopefully we won't have to, but you can never predict anything these days. So absolutely. The problem yeah. is you only you only get burnt once and then you don't want to be burnt again. So exactly it's, that. Uh, want to get it right. <laughs> no, exactly that. But thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, Richard. Honestly, this has been the perfect episode for those looking to start their very own business but haven't got a clue where to start. If anyone wanted to kind of find you or reach out for you for, you know, help within terms of setting up their own businesses, where can they find you? Well, Richard Poole, Google me. I'm out, I'm out there. <laughs> so you'll, you'll find me. Brilliant. And have you got LinkedIn as well? Yes, I'm LinkedIn. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Brilliant. I dropped them all Thanks. in the podcast description as well. But yeah, thank you so much for joining me today. Not at all. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the All Things Money podcast. For more All Things Money, make sure you follow us on social media, subscribe to the podcast and make sure you tune back in next week.